let's listen to really smart people, <laughs> take what they have to offer, and use it as our own. Kind of how we got through school. <laughs> <laughs> can do you know what you want to say i thought you wanted to say it hey welcome back to the <laughs> oh, simplified yeah. podcast sometimes i feel like we should just like just bleed in and start talking i've noticed that with other podcasts where it's like not everybody just has this like intro they just like start talking but do you, you know want to I mean? be like everybody else well sometimes i feel like it sounds funny that we're like hey welcome back <laughs> <laughs> but maybe that could be our thing we all right, keep we'll it, our it thing. in zach bleed this one in oh it's it, that's all staying right there yeah. it is all yeah. of it it's all right it's, it's i think quality it's what content. the people want i get you think like yep. a, a formal hey welcome back as opposed to know. just so today you know i or, or like a conversation that just happened naturally yeah i think that whole conversation we were just in could have been a really interesting recording I feel like we always say that every time we sit down to record that we should have like started the recording 20 minutes you should have heard what we just talked about right yeah it was a goodie problem is we're dropping a lot of names talking a lot of crap i think can't we do editing and stuff off of that i guess we probably could like like (laughs) have me to beep every time funny noises that come in to block people's names yeah Yeah. so today we decided uh so next week i'm doing a presentation on supplements oh god who approved this I think you were uh, off jetting around the world, (laughs) (laughs) possibly in South Dakota. Um, And so I was looking through some supplement stuff that I want to talk about. And there's one supplement that I know comes up a lot in social media and just patients and doctors that we'll work with. A common supplement that they will have people on is magnesium. Mm -hmm. And I always felt like magnesium for me, a little bit of a blind spot. I was never real bullish on magnesium yeah um but i have an open mind i'm like yeah maybe it's something that i think is pretty harmless to try but i just wanted to do a little bit of looking into like why are people taking magnesium why is it good is it something i need to be taking as well well i i get from the older generations of every time they cramp or they're sore they need magnesium that's what I, I don't know if it's an old wives' tale. Or I not. thought I thought that was more potassium. Well, it could be that too, but I, I get a lot like we need to be. Uh, you we get need that? some magnesium. Okay. Speaking of, do you think like Epsom baths is doesn't have magnesium in it? Epsom salts, isn't it some uh, magnesium based salt? Zach, are Epsom salts magnesium based? Because it does cause absorption of whatever. I know, obviously, it's got some sodium in it. Yeah, right. That's what I would think, but maybe it's magnesium. But I don't sodium know. wouldn't cause relaxation of skeletal muscle. Yeah, good and, question. Right? We got anything on Epsom salts? We're going to sound Zach? dumb here, but yeah, I don't know. Right. I've oh, never, you guys are I've real never prepared. Done oh, it's magnesium. magnesium. So, um, that's right. Like just the front of the bag, it says magnesium real big. There you okay. go. Okay. So, yeah, maybe that's what, yeah. there's some Epsom salts in All there. Right. I'm big, a big dose. So, <clears throat> number one, as we're going through it, is magnesium something that people are commonly like deficient in? And as I was kind of looking through some stuff, it looks like the answer is yes. Yeah. Like it's very common for magnesium uh, depletion. Even in people who are like otherwise healthy, it's very possible to have uh, deficient magnesium levels. What do they say? Like, I mean, how common is this? 5%? Well, I thought you just said something for like the stat I was going with. This was a, it's an older study. I found a study out of 2012 from the Nutrition Review Journal. And there it said that uh, 
roughly half the U.S. population fails to consume adequate amounts of magnesium. Yeah, I was telling you, I was in a conversation with one of the GPs, and I think he was referencing a journal article, and I don't know if he was being exact like on yeah. what number he Maybe was, was saying, but he was like saying something along the lines of 60 to 70% of the population could be adult population could be magnesium deficient. Yes. And I'm like, holy cow. Right. And so I bet kids even more. Right. And so it's something that it's like, okay, maybe there is a little signal there that a lot of people are deficient in it. So maybe it's something we should consider. Um, and I guess the best way to, to diagnose whether or not you're deficient in magnesium is you get a blood test. Yep. So I just Googled what's normal reference range for a magnesium blood test. And so that uh, it told me 1.7 to 2.2 milligrams per deciliter. So you can go get a blood test, wants to fall in there. But then the next question becomes like, well, is the proper course of action wait till you become deficient and then start taking it or should you just take it preventatively? Well, I I, I, I don't know. I, I think, uh, is there benefits of taking it if you're not deficient? So uh-huh. what are what are some signs, symptoms of deficiency? Symptoms of deficiency? Yeah. Well, let's take a look here. I wrote some down. Here we go. Look at him. He's reading notes. Nausea. Okay. Constipation. Okay. Headaches. Leg cramps, which mm. I feel like a lot of people, that, that, that's probably the big, you know, most common one people would probably know. Numbness and tingling in the legs and hands. Body weakness. Tremors. And I saw this several times. Heart palpitations. Yeah. So. That's a positive ion. I tend, Right. And so a little bit about like magnesium is one of those things that when you start looking into like the physiology of it, how does it work? It's just one of those minerals that's kind of important for lots of different things. Right. You know what I mean? You like a lot of your enzymes use it. Um, just a lot of. So in the, uh, in, in skeletal smooth muscle, is it um, a nervous system polarity issue that it's causing um, cramping or is it a skeletal muscle contraction issue? You know what I mean? Like, is there a, when you're deficient, is it causing the muscle to depolarize like the nerve or is it something physiologically in that actin myosin complex? I want to say, I don't think it's the actin myosin complex. I think, I think it's more the electric, like the electronic gradient that needs to be required for, so like so I, the depolarization of the I nerve, think it's that like one. the motor unit's just firing because yep. it can't control the symmetry across both sides of the cell. That's what I think it is. Wow. Yeah, I think it's uh, because again, we're not going to get lost in the weeds. Simplified podcast. We're getting close. But anything like when you look up electrolytes, sodium, potassium, it's like you know when for nerves and muscles to fire, like for the nerve to send the signal for the muscle to fire, uh, sodium's got to rush in the cell. Potassium's got to rush out the cell. And in order to like keep that gradient happening, you need magnesium. Gotcha. So like that's the bet that that's the simplest way to put it. Okay. So, and it's involved in a lot of different things. Uh, super important mineral found a lot in bone. Um, and like I said, it's just required a lot in the functions of many enzymes and in neuromuscular transmission, which is what I just talked about. So that's magnesium, kind of in a nutshell. I'm trying to do our social media while you're talking. Okay, thanks. <laughs> okay, what else do I want to say? What are the different forms of magnesium? Because that's that's something else I feel like was definitely a blind spot. When it comes to magnesium, it's like, what's... Magnesium is not kinds. just magnesium. You can get magnesium uh, citrate. You can get magnesium oxide. You can get magnesium chloride. 
You can get magnesium L3 and 8. That's the one biggie. That's the biggie. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. It's just like, man, how do you know what to take, when to take, what's good, what's bad? And I don't know if I still necessarily know, but I'll go through what I feel like I know. So, first thing, I feel like the most common forms of magnesium, I think, I think this is true, would probably be magnesium citrate or magnesium oxide. I feel like magnesium citrate, I think, is the most common and... A couple of differing opinions, I don't know, this probably really doesn't matter, but like I pulled a study that it, that's called Long-Term Magnesium Supplementation Improves Arterial Stiffness in Overweight and Obese Adults. Wow. Results of a randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled intervention trial. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2016, American Journal of Clinical Nutrition. Um. And in that study, they used magnesium citrate um, because it was, uh, as opposed to other forms, such as magnesium oxide, magnesium citrate was purposely chosen for its high bioavailability. And it's widely available commercially, and it's relatively inexpensive, not a, not a real expensive supplement. Okay. Um, but then I've heard other longevity experts say magnesium citrate or magnesium chloride, those are kind of the more poorly absorbed forms of magnesium. So I guess I was just, in my research, it was like, I feel like there's a little bit of contradicting. Some people think this, some people think that. But that study I pulled, they used magnesium citrate, and they said, well, because it's purposely chosen for its high bioavailability. You know what else magnesium citrate's used for? What? Constipation. Yeah. And I think... You drink a bottle of magnesium citrate... You better get a seatbelt, big guy. Well, and that's the thing is because supposedly, again, the camp that says magnesium citrate is kind of a more poorly absorbed form of magnesium. That's why it's good for things like bowel function and constipation. Yeah. I mean, because you, you don't absorb drink it, so a bottle just, of that stuff, you can get it over the counter. Uh, yep. It's not that. Okay. It's, it's a waterfall. It's grip the sides. I and, think what happens is it causes uh, an osmolarity gradient causing water to flow into large bowel i think you're right um you don't want diarrhea or very loose stools but <laughs> where are you going with I, this? I, I, i'm looking because it's like if you're somebody who struggles with constipation yeah like that's you know where i i just want improved bowel flow mm-hmm. <clears throat> magnesium citrate magnesium oxide it's a good one to start with I don't think that's a good one to start with. I think like if that's a your goal, stool, stool softener would probably be a good way to start. You well, I think there's other benefits. Magnesium citrate would be like putting a fire hose up your butt. I don't know. Well, hey, let's do this on air. Hold on, we'll both go drink a bottle of mag citrate. Zach, how much the lemon lime flavor is better than the cherry? How much mag citrate? Why have you tried so much of this? One time in high school I had uh I was had a bowel problem and the doctor made me drink an entire bottle of that stuff. Well that's an entire bottle. You drink it. Yeah. It's How a liquid. Much? It's effervescent. <laughs> <laughs> and I drank that and tried to go to a party that night. Bad idea. Bad. It was risky. Well this study I just said I just said long term magnesium supplementation with the uh improves arterial stiffness. Yeah. They were taking 350 milligrams a day. Yeah, I think that's probably fine. Okay. And then other longevity experts I, I've, I've looked at, they'll start people on about 400 milligrams per day of magnesium citrate or magnesium oxide. <clears throat> gotcha. 
And so to finish up this study, the data indicated that daily magnesium supplementation of 350 milligrams for 24 weeks in overweight and obese adults reduces arterial stiffness, suggesting a potential mechanism by which an increased magnesium uh, beneficially affects cardiovascular health. So increased uh, arterial stiffness, good. 350 milligrams a week for 24 weeks, did that. Okay. What do you think of that? Sounds great. So I'm just going to tell you, the entire bottle, which you're supposed to drink, at least half of it to maybe the whole bottle, is 10 fluid ounces. Okay. And there is... Um, like if you drink one, half a bottle. 1.8 grams per ounce. How many ounces? So 1.8, that's so, 18, eight, so, the 18,000 milligrams, or 1,800 milligrams. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a lot. So, yeah, we're not talking. And it's not good. Yeah. I agree with you. If you drink, <laughs> so 350 to 400. Yeah, you're taking one-sixth. One-sixth of what you're chugging back yeah. in high school, you said. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not like I did it on a regular basis, but I did it a couple times because I was having some bowel stuff. Got it. I think it was the Mao Hong and the rip fuel was causing some back A lot of, yeah, yeah. a lot of constriction. Yeah. <laughs> I also found this, that uh, this is 17, uh, the effect of magnesium supplementation on blood pressure, a meta-analysis of randomized clinical trials. This is from 2002, so it's a little older, but uh, from 20 randomized controlled trials, uh, found that magnesium supplementation modestly reduced blood pressure in a dose-dependent manner. A decrease of 4.3 mill millimeters of, of systolic Decrease, so down 4.3 systolic blood pressure and down 2.3 diastolic blood pressure for each 10 millimoles per day increase in magnesium dose, which wow. I need to Google what millimoles I per know, day. I know, but that's still pretty good. So yeah. I mean, I this, wonder where the, how that compares to medication because that seems really good. Yeah, that's what, that's what they found. Again, that was 20 years ago study. And this study, the one that I just said, the arterial stiffness one, uh, it did not show a decrease in blood pressure. Well- so, what I found uh, when I was reading this is that the difference in type of magnesium yeah. has a lot to do with the size of the magnesium molecule that's being ingested. Okay. In most of those, there's only one that can cross the blood-brain barrier. It's small enough. So all these are doing systemic um, actions okay. outside of the central nervous system. Okay. Did you know that? Uh, I think you... Did you tell... Yeah. I mean, I you did that. just say but that. I, before, but I yeah. almost wonder, like, is that the reason why some of these are doing different actions on different parts of the body, like blood pressure, because it's relaxing more smooth muscle than... Right. Yeah, I don't know. You might be right. <clears throat> so I feel like that is magnesium citrate, magnesium oxide. Good so, benefits shown, roughly 350 to 400 milligrams per day. Seems to be a good starting dose to see some of these benefits, which include helping with cramping, increasing arterial stiffness, Bowel regularity. So I got a question for you. Shoot. If you're having night cramps for whatever reason. Yes. Do you start taking one of those forms of magnesium or do you go get tested to see what your, if it is a magnesium issue? I'd probably, I think it's an easy thing to start trying. Yeah. It's not, it's not harmful. Exactly. Like you're not going to overdo it and become magnesium toxicity. As long as your kidneys are functioning normally. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> an inside joke. Jason uh, in class circa 20-some 20, 20 years ago or something. 2004. 2004. Five. <laughs> Sticks his hand up like, I forget what it was. 
Oh, it, it was, was about with sodium, salt blood pressure. sodium content and blood and its effects on blood pressure. Yeah, like and, our professor was saying something about like how increasing your salt could increase your blood pressure. And Jason kind of yells from the back, "Not if your kidneys are functioning normally." Mm-hmm. He was, Still he was kind of that guy. A lot of that. Do you know? Like, do you know the? Have you ever seen the movie The Big Short? I have not. You uh, haven't. You I probably haven't, haven't either. Yeah, no, no. Anyway, I feel like I got to send you guys a scene that like always takes me back to being in class with Jason Russell. Oh God! If we had video, it'd be a good one to dub in. <laughs> this makes me nervous. It's. Uh, are you going to pull it up? I can. It's. It's like Google. Like it's Steve Carell's character. I do not want to be any of Steve Carell's. No, characters. but it's good. It's like when he's at the uh, here. I'll pull it up. Like if you, I just go big also, short scene. You also uh, have told me that I could be Steve Carell in the office. Yes. You are Steve Carell in the office. <laughs> <laughs> Any of these? Is it one of those, Nick? Go, let me see. Uh, nope. Oh, boy. Hold on. I'm going to find this. I hope everybody's quit watching by listening by now. No, no, no. This is going to be really funny. It's probably really not. But they won't be able funny. to hear it off yours. You need to. I know. Put Steve Carell in. There's a lot of silence going on right now. Hold Steve Carell, the big short. Oh, yeah. There you go. That's what I searched Is for. Is it sell it all? Is it Jenga that? clip? Nope, you want nope. the Jenga clip? Hold on. I got it, but give me a second here. Jack to the tits? Is that, is <laughs> that it? That's a funny one, but no, that's not it. <laughs> Jack, Jack to the tits. It's a good movie. You guys would all like it. Hold on. I'm going to fast forward. He's had a Every, lot of controversy on Twitter. Steve, Steve Carell? Carell? No, the big short guy. Oh. Whatever his name is. Was it Michael? Michael something? Burry. Yeah. Well, this is about the most boring type of podcast. Profits are strong, and the mortgage continues to be the bedrock on which this economy is built. And yes, we had to take some losses in our subprime department last year, but those losses will be contained at only 5%. Now... In our residential sector, Mark's our rollout of those variable what? rate packages were gobbled up by the Mark, I have a question, please. <laughs> uh, sir, the Q&A is after my statements, but you know what? You seem anxious. Thank you. How can I help you? How are you? Fine, thank you. Would you say that it is a possibility or a probability that subprime losses stop at 5%? Thank you. I would say it is a very strong probability, indeed. <laughs> so, the sector, when we rolled out the new variable oh, rates, he keeps raising his hand. <laughs> yes, sir. Zero. <laughs> zero. There is a zero percent chance that your subprime losses will stop at five percent. Zero. Excuse me. I have to take this. I'm he must sorry. be from Bank <laughs> of America. <laughs> I think you have shown me that before. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, God. So, Nick's lying. I was never like that in class. <laughs> you sound like an old Jewish man. No, I didn't. I might Just have. hand constantly poking up in the middle <laughs> yeah. of the lecture. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Zero. Zero. Although that one time we had... Uh, the one female teacher that was trying to teach us about yes. spinal biomechanics. <laughs> yeah. That day was bad. That was a bad one. It Maybe got a little carried away. Tyler and me, we were all asking questions. Yep. 
And then, and then she called lab, you a jerk. And then she called me a jerk. Like we said, we call you jerk Russell. And he was, she was like, he is a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was all in fun. It was, there was. Yeah, we didn't mean it in a bad way. No. So yeah, magnesium, I think that's where we left off. It, it It's like, it, I think it's a pretty low risk supplement. Yeah. You know what I mean? So right. it's an easy thing to try. Oh, I'm having some leg cramps or I'm having maybe some of these other things we talked about. Is headaches. There any performance benefits for it, you think, or not? I don't know about that. Yeah. None that I've come across. I'll okay. That way. Now, I often hear, and we've had a podcast on it, which is the one I didn't like at first, was sleep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, if you're looking to improve sleep. That's just the one thing I wanted to talk about. You're going to go? He just overtook it. I oh, didn't know. Do you have anything fine. in front of you? I, it's all in my brain. I don't know. Okay, notes. go. Let's see it, hot no. shot. <laughs> 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 what if you want to improve sleep, Jason? Then what do you do? Well, then there's another type of magnesium that crosses the blood-brain barrier. Ooh. It's called magnesium 3 and 8. Magnesium L3 and 8. Yes. I mean, you think they're going to put an R version in there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so it crosses the blood-brain barrier. Yep. Um, and it does help with inducing and maintaining deeper sleep. Okay. Now, you know what else I have found about that? What? It has some potential neurocognitive benefits. Yes. Did you know that? Like um, dementia type improvement? Yes. I, I, I learned it very recently, but yeah, because again, because it can cross the blood brain barrier. So they're maybe seeing some positive benefits there. Yes. Okay. So that's the kind, if you're looking to improve sleep, you would take this magnesium L3 and 8 type of magnesium. Yeah. Right? And there has to be, so there's a um, copyrighted version of that, and there's only one company that makes um, L3 and 8 right now because okay. of they are the ones that figured out how to make that. Okay. And it has to, their copyrighted name for it is Magteen, M-A-G-T-E-I-N. So Magteen. whatever brand you buy, says L3 and 8 on it. You just need to look in the back and make sure it says L3 and 8 from Magteen or it lists Magteen. I got the hiccups. Okay. Um, But that's the one issue. And I think more and more we're seeing that um, that's one of the best things you can take to induce sleep, like at half hour, an hour before you go to bed. Okay. Take two grams of it. I think they come in 1,000 milligram or one gram capsules. Okay. Take two capsules a half hour to an hour before bed. And that really helps you fall asleep and stay asleep. Got it. Okay. Uh, I want to make a correction. Oh, good. Um, I think if you're somebody who struggles with cramping, then the then I think the kind of magnesium that you want to take is magnesium chloride. I feel like that's probably what's an Epsom salt. I think you're right. Yes. So I just I was just reading that that I think uh, again if you're somebody so supposedly this magnesium chloride is better absorbed um, and it gets into your like it kind of gets in your system better so it it's not sitting in your kind of GI system mm-hmm. so again the magnesium citrate or magnesium oxide may be good for like bowel stuff for cramping maybe you want to look more to like magnesium chloride because it's or just uh, take an Epsom bath or take an Epsom bath. So I think again, there's a product name called Slow Mag. Yeah, that's that, magnesium chloride, oh, and that's okay. what uh, again is good for like cramping. Gotcha. And supposedly is better absorbed. Although, like I said, I feel like there's conflicting evidence on which one's better. But that's I just read that, so I stand corrected. Magnesium uh, chloride for cramping. Really admirable for you to admit yeah. your mistake. I was reading through. I wanted to make sure everybody gets that down. 
So I think uh, one of the most important things we can do on a day-to-day basis is get a good night's sleep. Wow, Jason. To me, there's a couple other molecules really, that really, we'll, we'll talk about. I've really really come, come full, full circle. circle. Hey, I went on that pheasant trip and my life has changed. <laughs> you, really, you really are a new man. I have gone to bed at 1030 to 11 every night. Whoa. And what time you get up? Uh, I usually wake up naturally around 637. Okay. So I'm getting almost eight hours every night now. That's good. On a four night pace. Okay. That's the longest I've had probably since high school of going, getting that much sleep. Okay. And then weekends <clears throat> can kind of go a little sideways. Um. Yeah. We. Or, oh, you mean like when you say four night pace? I that's the longest consecutive nights in a row I've gotten that much sleep oh, okay. since probably I was I don't know when. Okay. But maybe not because in college sometimes I'd like to sleep in. So maybe you did get more sleep. Anyway, I would think that this there's a couple other supplements that I think are really good for sleep that will keep the people hanging. Maybe we'll do one on. Oh yeah, um, you said that. Yeah. Sleep supplements like the stack that I would do. Okay. Um, but, uh, I think this is one of the good ones that help you sleep. And if we had talked about melatonin in the past, I think this is definitely safer than taking melatonin on a daily basis. Yeah. Magnesium, I would agree. Three and eight. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I just checked my multivitamin that I take with minerals and I, in my multi it's mag, I get magnesium citrate and it, it only has a hundred, hundred milligrams a day is what I'm currently getting. And what's getting. the RDA for this? Well, I don't know what the RDA is. Yeah, I didn't Zach look that brought up. it up earlier. Wasn't it like, uh, was it a seven or 800 milligrams a day of magnesium was like what the recommended daily allowance is? And I don't think after we were looking at some of the foods, you'd have to eat a lot of leafy green vegetables or nuts to get that. Yeah. And bean, I thought beans too. Oh, I was wrong. Okay. It's 400. So if I'm getting a hundred, my multi, there's no way you're getting 300 and the rest of that. You don't think? I'm what not are getting you doing? 300. Sucking down almonds every day, all day long? Gnawing on some kale. Cashews. No, I don't eat too many Spinach. nuts. Spinach. Some. I mean, instead of serving of that, gave you what did you say earlier, Zach? Like 50? Yeah. What 50, were, 50 milligrams? You have to have eight times that. You what were some other high magnesium products? Rice. Chocolate. Chocolate. Rice. Not much chocolate. Nuts. Spinach. Spinach. Green leafy vegetables. Those are the biggies? Nuts. Yeah. Said uh, I think it said yeah almonds and cashews were high. Okay. I guarantee. So, yeah, I, I don't think when I'm I was out doing the uh, fried elk. Much magnesium testicles. There? I bet that. <laughs> yeah, can you look up how much magnesium in a fried elk testicle? <laughs> <laughs> he might have got his yearly. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> overdose. Maybe that's why I'm sleeping so well. <laughs> I've had a cramp since. <laughs> I will tell you this, though. You can bypass this whole lecture. <laughs> just go get some fried elk testicles. There was one day we were in the fields, and it was really brushed thick. Like, you you couldn't, you couldn't, you know how when you walk, your feet don't, you don't hip flex your hip very much, right? Yeah, right. Well, this, you couldn't keep your feet close to the ground because you would trip at all times. Okay. So you were having to, like, pick your legs up continuously and, like, push with the other leg to get through. Like, you'd have a knee going through one side of the brush, or you'd turn your hips and lift your legs, and just kept, and it was like an hour into this. We take a break and we go right back out. And I had had like a half of a Diet Coke in between. Okay. I get no more than 10 minutes into this next field. And every step, the leg I'm picking up, that hamstring goes into a Charlie horse. Ooh. To the point where I got nervous for a minute. Like I might have to, I don't know how I'm going to get out of here. And how, I, I might have to just stop and sit down. And then I start looking around like, I feel like out of everybody else here, I'm probably the one that does the most exercise, you know? Mm-hmm. And so when we get to the end and it finally subsided, like I was really squeezing my butt hard when I was trying to push. Okay. 
you know, finally get to the end and everybody's like, God, my hamstrings were cramping the whole time. Oh, wow. Okay. But you know, when you, it'd be like doing hamstring curls every time, like you're yes. picking it up and eventually yeah. that muscle just says, I can't do it anymore. It was bad. Right. I should have had magnesium. Should have. So yeah, I'm probably not getting enough magnesium. I feel like that's probably a safe uh, conclusion. I don't know anybody besides maybe like a vegan that's eating lettuce all day. Right. 350. So again, like we said in the beginning, probably pretty, pretty, very possible that you're deficient, not getting enough magnesium in. But I don't struggle with cramps or I don't any either. of the symptoms. But I don't know, something I might can I might consider boosting. What else roles does the magnesium play in? Do you know? Like, does it do anything with muscle physiology? Like, as far as like strength? You asked that earlier. I, I know. I don't, I'm I don't think if you found it in I, between. I'm not seeing any performance benefits of magnesium. There probably is though. Well, so again, recap, three different types, magnesium citrate slash magnesium oxide. Those are kind of the not so well absorbed, but there's still good data on them and good for bowel function. 350 to 400, good place to start. Then we got magnesium chloride with the uh, brand of slow mag, which is good for cramping. And uh, doesn't really caught like kind of gets into your system a little better. Doesn't sit in your bowel as much. And then if you're looking to boost sleep, magnesium L3 and 8, which I think the only kind for that is the mag teen, like Jason said. So I feel like that's kind of the good high level kind of simplified version of why, what's, what's magnesium? What are the kinds? Because even I was confused, you know, like all the different kinds of magnesium. I wasn't really clear on it. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you this right now. What do you got? Exercise performance. There's a lot of studies. There is? Yes. What like so what's it say? Okay. This is just a overview of all these studies. Want to hear it? Yes. Um it takes part it takes part in the process of energy metabolism and assists the maintenance of normal muscle function. They there is a association between magnesium status and exercise performance. And they found that there is a significant increase in need of magnesium in individuals that have increased physical activity. So you're using it even more yeah. as you exercise. Because it's an electrolyte. Animal studies have indicated that there is a, a significant improvement in exercise performance via enhancing glucose availability in the brain, muscle, and blood during exercise. So the more magnesium, the more access to glucose you have. Okay. It also shows that it... Uh, reduces and delays lactate accumulation, which that's obvious. Because mm -hmm. remember, they used to give people Tums. They were trying to buffer, use like calcium carbonate to mm -hmm. buffer lactate so people would be able to run longer before lactate accumulated, like in the mile, two-mile races, mm -hmm. 800, 400. Yeah. But what would happen is they would poop their brains out before they even finish because it causes all the water to go in the bowel. Okay. But maybe if you're taking it at a lower dose it still buffers it but doesn't completely remove it yeah i thought i read good. something about the with the lactate that it increases increases blood sugar which helps with that would that be something um well at some point it wouldn't matter if your heart rate's fast enough you wouldn't be able to use glucose enough to even you would have to just accumulate lactate yeah you know, i guess through glycolysis that's just what that's i read where you on would that. get it i don't know to be honest with you it also shows that it does show an increased uptake of VO2 max, jumping performance, ankle extension strength, maximal isometric trunk flexion. There's a bunch of associations. And it's been shown in the elderly that are deficient to increase gait, stride, speed, and 
increased speed in sit to stand testing. Okay. So maybe there you go. Okay. I think it does a lot. Does I'm it say you, there's in the a review lot of old that- shit that we gets passed down? Like my son was sore after a football game not too long ago. Okay. Somebody in my family said, "Hey, you should just go take an Epsom salt bath, and you'll be fine tomorrow." Yeah. And I always wonder, like these passed down things. Some things just pass down, and you don't ever think about it. But you would think some things had to have worked, or somebody a long time ago have been like, "That doesn't do crap." Well, my my one, it's kind of. My one thing that I'd poke holes in that is, again, just off what I, this study I was looking at, it seems like the thing with magnesium is it takes time to build up in your system. Um, Hold on, let me look at this. So, like, in this study that I talked about, the arterial stiffness one, where they were taking 350 milligrams a day, day, uh, serum magnesium concentrations did not differ after 12 weeks, but tended to increase after the 24 weeks. And I feel like that, when I was looking through it, it, I think that kind of fit with some other studies as well. Well, So I feel like there's part of me that's like, yeah, hey, there's something to it. But then uh, but then it's also like, what's one, I don't know how much magnesium you're getting in one Epsom salt bath. Well, it says it disassociates the magnesium and sulfite ions, ions when you mix it with water, allowing magnesium to freely absorb easily through the skin. Okay, so you get more? I, get, I bet you do. Because, yeah, here's another another one, another study. The circulating concentration and 24-hour urine excretion of magnesium dose and time, blah, 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 blah. Also agreed that serum magnesium levels did not significantly increase from baseline to the 24-week mark, while urinary magnesium increases were high, highly significant. So, yeah, anyway, it seems like, it's not like you take one magnesium pill and all of a sudden everything's great. You know what I mean? Like this thing takes time to build up in your system. Maybe if it's in a bath, like you said, when it can freely diffuse through the skin, maybe there's more benefit there, but. Here's a test right here. Just to let you know. What? What do you got? This test is, this study was the report on absorption of magnesium sulfite through Epsom salt baths across the skin. This was done um, in the department in School of Biosciences at the University of Birmingham. Hmm. Results. After initial pilot studies, all volunteers took baths and stayed in the bath for 12 minutes. Uh, Blood samples were taken. Ooh. Um, Results at the end. Hang on. Conclusion. Well, that just says it significantly increases. Um, okay. So here it says it right here. Uh, magnesium levels in blood are very tightly controlled of 19 subjects. All except three showed a rise in magnesium concentration in plasma. Though this was small in some cases, the values before the first bath were mean a 104.6. After the first bath, the mean was 114.08.Continuation of bathing for seven days and all except two individuals gave a rise to a mean of 140.9. So it went What's on the, average from 104 to 140.9 after seven days of Epsom salt baths. Is that mil, that can't be milligrams per deciliter? That looks like it's um, uh, parts per million per milliliter. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so whatever that conversion would be. Okay. Measurement of magnesium levels in urine showed a rise from the control level mean of 94.8 to 198.9 wow after the first 
bath. Well, there you go. What do I know? Large increases in urinary magnesium showing that the magnesium ions had crossed the skin barrier and had been excreted via the kidneys. I told you. Say that again. You heard it. I know. I kidneys. heard kidneys. <laughs> as long as the kidneys are functioning <laughs> properly. Um, it, presumably. So it showed that there was significant increased levels of urine magnesium, which showed that that had been absorbed through the skin okay. into blood. Okay. And filtered by the kidneys. Presumably because the blood's levels were already optimal. So if they weren't, you would have had less urinary output of magnesium. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Okay. So there you go. Is there something to those Epsom salt baths? I think there might be. You're going to start taking them? Tonight. I'm in it. Okay. I don't cramp, though. Yeah, I don't either. So we'll see. All right. I think this is good. I think this is good. good. Yeah. I just feel like it was helpful for me because I feel like magnesium was always a little bit of a blind spot for me in the supplement world. So I feel like this was good to get some clarity on what's good, what's bad. If you're looking for this, looking for that, what you should look for. Yeah. I think next time, right before our 30 minutes before we chug a bottle of magnesium citrate, okay. a glass it, of water. See who can last longer. And see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. The information provided on this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only and is not intended as medical advice. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. No doctor-patient relationship is established by listening to this podcast. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on this podcast.